steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Maholt, and today we are discussing the first round of free agency as it relates to your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings did do something um, after making a number of do- uh, different restructures and deals and whatnot to get underneath the cap. Uh, they were able to make a couple of, you know, I would consider to be pretty impactful moves, um, or at least signing some bigger names, that is, um, and bringing cornerback Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals and also bringing in defensive tackle Dallin Tomlinson from the New York Giants. Uh, it's a couple, that's two bigger moves. You also got some other small ones that we were going to touch on as well. Uh, the Nick Vigil contract. Uh, to be uh, no, another linebacker on this roster hasn't officially gone through, uh, which is interesting in itself. And we have to talk about that. Um, and the Vikings are still trying to create some cap space with Adam Thielen uh, reportedly discussing a restructure. So uh, we'll go through the big stuff. Then we'll go through the small stuff and then we'll see where we're at. That's uh, that's the game plan for, uh, for us today here on the unbelievable podcast. So, uh, let's get started here with the biggest deal, and that's uh, that's the owner of that one is, is uh, Patrick Peterson in terms of average annual value. Uh, also probably the biggest name as well. Uh, he's not the same player that he was, you know, when he was part of the All-Decades team in the 2010s, but uh, still a very good player. Has hit a couple bumps in the road over the last two years, uh, particularly with the suspension, which was unfortunate, especially from a legacy perspective and just kind of, a, you know, uh, you know, a reputation perspective. And then you add to it last year was not uh, the most ideal year, kind of getting burnt over the top a couple times. Uh, which is un- unlike Patrick Peterson and just um, some inconsistency that you really never saw um, throughout the you know the entirety of his Cardinals career prior to you know last season. But uh, the good news is the Vikings get him at a discount. Um, and they get a player here that definitely has a lot of qualities that um, can make this roster and this team as a whole a lot better. Yeah, I think you saw in the, you know, today, Monday was sort of his introductory press conference as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, you could tell he, you know, this was, there's benefits to both sides, right? And so I think um, the way Peterson saw was, here's a a way for me to sort of extend my career as he mentioned the success Terrence Newman had well into his his 30s and near 40s, actually, uh, with his, during his time with the Vikings there, 2015, 2016. And I think Peterson's trying to match that. Uh, now, Peterson's, I believe, just over 30, right? Uh, so he's not quite the age that Newman was at that time. But uh, he said in his press conference he wants to play six more years in this league. So, mm-hmm. um, And he thinks Zimmer has the ability to kind of give him that longevity. Um, right. But also there's an aspect for the Vikings that I think can't go overlooked, and that's just simply having a guy like Peterson has been around for a decade and knows you know, what it takes to play quarterback in the NFL and, and having – that presence in the locker room with your camera dancers, right. Jeff Gladney's, your Mike Hughes type players. So uh, there's clearly benefits to both sides here. Um, and, you know, I don't, in terms of where the Vikings stand, I, I mean, I think it's clear that I still think the Vikings should, you know, be on the rebuild side, uh, but clearly the Vikings front office management does not think that. So, uh, you know, 
and, and it's clear the defense is the issue or currently uh, with the way the team is constructed, what needs to improve. And so getting a, a player that has star uh, qualities of, of him, uh, maybe a little bit past his prime, but certainly can improve the way the position was played last year for Minnesota. Definitely a good signing there. And I mean, you could do a lot worse uh, than $9 million for Patrick Peterson. Okay. So there's a number of different things to kind of, to pick apart here with this contract. Uh, for one, you brought up, you know, the idea of what makes Zimmer valuable as a recruiting tool, which I think is super interesting. That was my favorite quote from the press conference. He also mentioned Deion Sanders and Jonathan Joseph as well. Um, Zimmer does kind of have that quality to him where he's prolonging these cornerbacks careers. So that's one thing I want to discuss. The second piece here is just it's this is an interesting move because it's a win now move, right? You're trying to get you're trying to milk the rest of Patrick Peterson out uh, to win. And as you stated, the Vikings are in an interesting position where you could go either way. Um, we also saw the article drop recently in The Athletic that the Wilfs confirming your yeah. – exactly what you said, basically, that the Vikings are more about sustainability and kind of slow growth as opposed to tearing the whole thing down and resetting from the, from the bottom. So that's another interesting piece because this is definitely a win-now move to bring in Patrick Peterson. And then the last piece of it is here is just what type of advantages this guy brings to the table outside of just the fact that he's a cornerback. I mean, you, I'll, I'll eat, I'll grab from the low-hanging fruit. He's a Terrence Newman-type character in terms of, I mean, if you watch his introductory press conference, he clearly has, you know, a very good grip of the English language and is very charismatic and able to, able to speak well. Um, he's smart. He's as good as they get in terms of watching film. I mean, there's a lot to like about what this guy just brings in terms of him walking around the building. Um, but again, that's a win now move, but that also has, you know, potential longevity too as well. When you think about the impact that a guy like that can have on younger cornerbacks, which again, we have seen in the past with Terrence Newman and the effect that he had on guys like Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, et cetera. So there's a lot to pick from here. So it's dealer's choice. What do you, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about first? Well, so there's a couple things. So I, I, it's concerning, right? The drop off that you sort of saw from Peterson 2019 and 2020, um, uh, you know, in Arizona. So like there's, there's reason for concern because, you know, I mean, you're paying $10 million, like you want to get a reliable player. And I guess on the pace, I suppose, right. If the decline continues, um, it might not be worth it, but um, you know, there's the other side of things where, the you know veteran leadership type thing that the teaching um aspect that we can't really quantify uh should also be thought about there but then the other thing too is so you know a couple of ways to look at things is one last year from what i understand peterson was still mostly shadowing players um and you don't you're not given that responsibility unless you're still a darn good player um but the other uh you know on top of that i believe i saw luke braun um uh he's you know Locked on Vikings podcast, own coverage, uh, yada, yada, yada. He's one of your premier Vikings content people out there. And he noted that Peterson has given up or last year gave up four of his five touchdowns from the slot last year. Uh, so interesting that maybe, you know, you don't want your, this guy maybe shadowing across the field, kind of keep him on one side. Um, so there's a couple ways to look at this. We have yet to see exactly how he'll be used, what type of assignment he'll draw. But um, I think it's, on one hand, the decline is worth noting, but at the same time, he's still been dealing with premier receivers um, week in and week out during his entire career. So um, he's still, he comes very prepared and he's dealt with all of these receivers before. 
and uh, it'll be fun to see you know, how Zimmer really deals with things uh, when, you, when you got, you know, Devontae Adams in your division. So, Patrick Peterson, you know, when you run 4-3, which is what his 40-yard dash was, by the way, when you lose a step, it's a little bit more noticeable, right? Um, the drop-off also may seem a lot more significant than it really is. Like, is this a guy that is going to be a top-two cornerback in the NFL? Probably not anymore. I think he's past that point. Does that mean that he's not, you know, Pro Bowl caliber, which generally means like top six, top seven, top eight at your position? Uh, I think he could still be there. Um, it's possible. I think he's got plenty of it left in the tank. Are you going to get that, like, as a guarantee? Am I locking that in? Probably not. I but- mean, if he can be top 15, 20, that's, you're getting your money's worth for sure there. Um, for sure. Especially just be, just be an above average starter and you'll get your money's worth there because of, especially where the Vikings are coming from at that position last year. So I think, you know, I think you know what you're going to get in terms of you're going to get a, you're going to get stability at a position that was, you know, interesting and very good at at, at its peak last year, uh, but also has you know things that iron out right like little technical things that Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney are going to learn a lot from Patrick Peterson. I think that's invaluable. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know how you quantify that or what where that factors into the ten million dollars that the Vikings are paying him. Uh, but it's something that you're getting out of this project uh, that you otherwise wouldn't from just just about anyone else in the league. I mean, this guy is literally, for, at one point in time, was the best cornerback in the NFL um, and has been arguably one of the best uh, for the last, for his entire career. So just bringing that in in itself is a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how does it affect the depth chart now is also super interesting. You have Gladney, you have Dantzler. You've been, you know, trying to kind of, you know, keep Gladney in the shot slot and have Dantzler be your, your Xavier Rhodes on the outside. Where does Patrick Peterson fit in that? I mean, he kind of, you just mentioned it. He's been shadowing his entire career. Um, at the same time, could he benefit from being, you know, just sticking opposite Cameron Dantzler and having Jeff Gladney as your slot guy, Mike Hughes as your breather guy, if he's healthy. I mean, also how does this affect his career? By the way, Mike Hughes is entering a contract year. I mean, this is just like, this throws cornerback, for a loop a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think – I just think Mike Zimmer is sick of uh, what's been happening at cornerback position the last couple of years. And he's trying to find – he's kind of searching for that, you know, trying to give that founding youth to somebody that clearly has elite potential and sh- has shown it before. Um, but, you know, trying to kind of dig that back out in his own uh, defensive scheme there. So I I don't anticipate him shadowing. Um, the Vikings haven't done a ton of that. Xavier Rhodes did it maybe against some premier receivers, but um, in his prime, but haven't done a ton of that lately. And I wouldn't expect that to be the case this year, especially if you're trying to develop Dantzler and Gladney there. So um, I wouldn't anticipate that. But again, we'll see. And um, you know, I'm sure Zimmer's cooking some stuff up here as well. Given that uh, you know, we'll talk about that more with the, the Dalvin Tomlinson signing too, but how that could affect the back end as well. Okay, so then the last piece here is just the, uh, the recruiting piece here, right? We, we make fun of Minnesota all the time, and we make fun of Mike Zimmer all the time for not being optimal destinations, not right? Like, Minnesota, the winter is just the ultimate detractor, right? Um, especially for, you know, a lot of guys that are used to, you know, southern weather. Um, Mike Zimmer is we make fun of him for being outdated for running yeah. a run first offense for not you know really diving into analytics as much as maybe he should etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And yet Patrick Peterson's agent comes up to Rick Spielman, according to the press conference, and literally says to him, hey, would you like Patrick Peterson? Like, where did this come from? I, I didn't think that this was – I didn't think that Patrick Peterson would ever end up in Minnesota. This is a Madden thing to put yeah. him in a Vikings jersey. Yeah, it is. It's interesting because I think, you know, I mean, you know, we as as fans, followers of the team, you know, I think anybody is like this about their team. You could ask any team or any fan of a certain team and they're going to say they're going to focus more on the things that their head coach could do better. Um, that's just the I think the way it is. Right. We as Vikings fans have noticed, you know, with Zimmer in particular, uh, it's an offensive thing where, you know, he kind of lives in the old school in terms of the offense. But it seems like around the league, both whether it's um, in, you know, executives, coaching staffs and players, there seems to be a, lo- a pretty good level of respect for Mike Zimmer as someone who can coach defenses, uh, scheme up defenses and develop defensive backs still. Um, you know, I think especially you saw that his first few years in Minnesota, right? You saw kind of the star power emerge that was Xavier Rhodes. Harrison Smith has right. been elite this whole time. Uh, it's so I think, you know, when you're Patrick Peterson and you're trying to sort of I don't want to say revive your career, but kind of extend your career as long as possible. Um, that would be one of the top options. And, you know, outside of those things, the things that I kind of think about too is, and I don't know how much this is on a player's mind, but like, you know, income tax in Minnesota. And of course the weather and things right, like right. that, like may, and maybe this doesn't register to some players. I don't know, but Petra Pierce is going from Arizona. Right. To it's Minneapolis. Weird. It's, supposed so to be it's the very different. It's a very different climate. And uh, the, the income tax thing as well. Like I, who knows, but Hey, I kudos to Zimmer, uh, the level of respect he's kind of earned from peers throughout the league and it seems to be working. And so I think that signing is, it's a good look on Mike Zimmer to me, I think. So I, I like, I like kind of the accolade, right? Like the resume booster for Zimmer. Like if you think about Madden, you know how you can develop your coaches, like ability to recruit players. And like, it gives you an edge in negotiations or whatever. Mike Zimmer just got the badge where like, you're really good at recruiting age 30 <laughs> cornerbacks because you're, <laughs> You have a resume, but you have been able to prove on your resume. He got like the first level in. of it when he got Newman, and then he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he improved on exactly. yeah, he up, the next yeah, he level of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love that for Mike Zimmer. I, I, I'm with you. I think that speaks volumes to his career and, you know, what people around the league think about him if arguably, you know, the best cornerback of the last 10 years um, sees him as such. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's move on from Peterson um, to Dalvin Tomlinson first, and then we still got Anthony Harris to cover and a couple of other things too. Um Dalvin Tomlinson is an interesting signing, and it was the first signing as well. Uh, the Patrick Peterson was definitely a polarizing signing in that people, you know, there's the rebuild side versus the win-now side, and they're going to fight just inherently. The Dalvin Tomlinson one is interesting on a number of levels. Not just that one, because it is a win-now move, um, especially paying that much money to, you know, a position that we know Zimmer values. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting because it kind of goes against scheme. Uh, at least from what we have seen from Mike Zimmer, it's typically been a fat guy next to a skinny guy. And that's your defensive tackle combination. You know, the Patrick, uh, excuse me, the Pat Williams, Kevin Williams type wall of players where you've got one dude that's going to rush the passer at the three technique spot. And one guy who's going to take on two blockers and be your major clogger up the middle, maybe register one or two sacks an entire year. Dalvin Tomlinson looks like Linville Joseph. And he also comes from the New York Giants organization. Uh, and you put him next to Michael Pierce, who will be returning, or I guess playing his first year in Minnesota, and you've got a monster load in front of you. I think that's about, well, I think I saw something like 630 pounds or 650 pounds or something like that between them, if not more. Um, That goes against the grain a little bit, and it opens you up 
uh, for different alignments, different styles, things you can do on the back end as well. Um, it's just a different thing. It's new. Yeah. Um, what do you think about it? So there's a lot of things here to kind of cover, um, you know, in general. And this is, a, again, one of those philosophy things that I don't necessarily jive on, my, you know, with my Zimmer on. But, you know, stopping the pass should be a priority over stopping the run. Uh, I think that's pretty cut and dry to me, just given where the NFL is at right now. I'd rather, you know, have a weak run defense and a really good pass defense, for example. Um, obviously, the Vikings had bad of both last year, but, um, you know, I think, you know, you, you can you can get by with a bad run defense versus a bad pass defense. Um, but with that said, they now have two kind of nose tackles that are really good at stopping the run. Clearly, the priority is you know, Mike Zimmer was sick of giving up whatever it was yards per carry last year. He wants that decreased. Uh, so now outside of that, there's the opportunity for the Vikings to, you know, they, so Mike Zimmer's through his entire career, he's done a lot of the single high safety stuff, right? Um, right. You know, bring in Harrison Smith in the box, for example, um, to kind of help out with that run, uh, run defense. I think now that you have two guys that can clog the middle, take up more space, take up more blockers, it's possible Zimmer does more two two high safety stuff. Another thing that Luke Braun wrote about, um, kind of in depth, and you know, it allows you to play the pass more um, as long as those two guys do their jobs and what they have been doing their whole career up there at nose tackle, and um, so you can kind of drop back a little bit more in pass coverage while not really sacrificing your run defense too much there. So just a couple of ideas there, I think what they're going for. Um, and the other thing too, is who knows how much they'll be on the field at the same time, even either. So it could be a rotational thing to always make sure you have a run clogger on the field, a lot of different ways to go here. Um, but I, I mean, you know, I don't hate them because I would have rather gone, for example, a pass rusher um, to use this money um, instead of a, you know, 10 plus million a year for a run right. clogger. But I get where they're going. I just think now you got to get a pass rusher to complement all that, and then you'll see some uh, more substantial results. So, a couple things. Uh, first of all, I just Dalvin Tomlinson as a player, right? Um, yeah, I mean, very I, solid. We should touch player. on that. Really, really good player. Yep. Right. You're getting you're getting a guy that probably isn't going to play, and really no defensive tackle does, but he's not going to play 75 to 100 percent of the snaps, which is important that you brought up the rotational piece. Um, this guy isn't replacing Shamar Stefan, but he is taking his spot on the roster, right? You can use him in multiple different ways. Uh, I think he gives you a little bit more in terms of pass rushing than Michael Pierce would, so he's more suited to that three-technique spot. But you're right. I mean, he is a nose tackle. Um, so run-stopping is going to be his top thing, right? Eating up blockers and just being able to push back on the offensive line. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, he gives you he gives you some kind of weird versatility that I don't I don't know yet. And, you know, Drew mentioned that, you know, it does open it up for you to do more behind him as a result. Uh, what this kind of leads me to think is that they're going to make Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr in their money. Because when you have, you know, a couple of defensive tackles that are, you know, you know, clogging up spots and clogging up gaps and taking on people. So in a man-to-man situation, you know, you, you've got guys that are accounting for two players in a gap situation. They're taking up a gap plus um, it opens up your linebackers to do more stuff, not just schematically, but just in terms of roaming the field and being able to get to the ball quicker. Uh, this is, in theory, what having two, you know, huge, huge people clogging the lane is going to do for you. 
it's going to give you the opportunity to maximize the potential of Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks individually, as well as how they can play together and how their chemistry can really, you know, on the field can make a difference um, at that second level of the Vikings defense. Right. I'm very curious about what happens on passing downs uh, because, you know, like I said, I, I, they, they, what was Pierce's contract? Like three for 27 or something like that. And now they've got Tomlinson two for 22. So that's a lot of, you know, of your salary cap to be invested into just nose tackle. Uh, and so I'm curious to see what exactly the plan is in terms of downs played. If they're going to keep these guys on the field for passing downs, um, you know, or if they're going to exclusively both be run situation guys, how that's going to work because I, I'm not really on board with all of that cap being uh, allocated to the nose tackle position, given where the NFL is at in 2021. So pass heavy um, things like that, but you know, maybe Zimmer's got something up his sleeve. And like I mentioned, maybe that too high uh, look is, is kind of where he's going here to maybe drop Harrison Smith back a little bit more and kind of out of the box. Uh, we'll see. I just, I, it's interesting. It's certainly a good player, like a Dallas Thompson, the player, you know, kind of, individually really good football player um it's just interesting that they're doing this now after they're already getting a nose tackle back one of the best um honestly in 2019 was michael pierce getting him back and then you had another one on top of that there's got to be an interesting uh, trick up up zimmer's sleeve here uh and i'm curious to see what that is yeah absolutely um you know this is interesting because you know it, it affects it affects patrick peterson that signing as well um given the fact that, you know, you build up front so that your back end doesn't necessarily have to hold for as long. Um, so it affects, you know, the way that you yeah. use Patrick Peterson and how he's implemented into your roster. Um, so both of these players here are affecting your defense in different ways, but they're also kind of combining together uh, to, you know, form, formulate some type of new strength that uh, it, it kind of remains to be seen what the Vikings are going to do. Because I know Patrick Peterson answered in the press conference that he's going to be a cornerback, but that safety spot, which we're going to get to in a couple short seconds here, is now vacated by Anthony Harris. So Patrick Peterson would slide in real nicely there, uh, in, at least, especially in just, you know, maybe particular sets um, or specific specific formations when you've got Mike Hughes as well. Um, you can move him around to not just nickel and outside corner, but potentially safety as well. And, you know, how you're holding up front is in is going to pay a, play a huge role in how you have to play in the back. I mean, maybe – now this is becomes more of a 4-3 team again. Maybe the Vikings truly move back into that base formation. Or maybe this is you know going to extend it further, and they're going to be a 4-2-5 primarily, and you're going to see that nickel cornerback pop up even more, or potentially, you know, a different, you know, a different variation of you know an extra safety or something else. Um, these two signings are interesting and they kind of complicate things, but it also opens up opens you up for you know new schemes, new designs, and potentially moving pro- more progressively towards you know a 2021 defense and get them back to where Mike Zimmer had been uh, prior to last season. So uh, those two being kind of, I mean, we could talk about both those guys for, for a long time here, but uh, for the sake of time, let's move on here to Anthony Harris, uh, who made the interesting decision and, and a somewhat baffling decision as well. Um, because not in the sense that, you know, Anthony Harris did what he needed to do. He went out and signed a one-year, $5 million contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's baffling in the sense that I know everyone's immediate reaction is, why didn't the Vikings just match that? Um, or why didn't they find – how did they not find the, a way to get that money? Why did he choose the Eagles, a team that this organization hates and also a team that blew him out of the water in the NFC Championship? Um, 
there's a lot of questions here. And it just, and as a whole, I mean, it sucks to see a guy like that leave too, when just last year we were thinking long-term deal for him. Right. And I mean, I'm mostly just concerned about how the Vikings didn't match him, uh, get $5 million. I mean, come on. Or at least I guess if it took exceeding $5 million, and so be it, give him six. Like I, I'm curious about that and what's in store for kind of the rest of free agency here. Uh, Cause there's gotta be something still coming here. If you're not willing to give up, you know, $6 million per, we'll say for Anthony Harris, a guy who certainly kind of dropped off a little bit, but uh, in 2020, I think we've kind of come to that conclusion, but given the circumstances where your defensive line was absolutely shot, I mean, you had no pass rush at all uh, for the Vikings. And that's, that puts a ton of pressure on your right. kind of roaming center field right. safety player. So there's, you know, the context to me tells me Anthony Harris is absolutely worth a $6 million you know, one-year contract. So uh, that would have been what I would have done, but I guess we'll see what the Vikings do. And in terms of picking a team, like you can you know, play wherever you want, Anthony Harris. Uh, you know, Philly is, is your choice, so be it. Um, it's more of a question in terms of why did the Vikings not pony up and, and pay that? Uh, you know, if they're all about continuity and keep the defense together and trying to win now, seems like that would be the right move there. But um, we'll see what they do to address that spot. So – What's so interesting about it is that, you know, when we saw when we saw the deal come out, right, the immediate reaction is just like, why? Yeah, I mean, the same thing was kind of like for Riley Reef too. He didn't get on very much either. Um, when you know, I, obviously the Vikings released released him based on his contract right. in Minnesota, but um, that was the same thing too. These guys, I mean, and part of that's the lowered cap and things like that. But you gotta, you kind of, you have to pay up for these guys. And the same thing happened last year with like Mackenzie Alexander. Right? I think he got like three mil for Cincy. So. It's 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 interesting that I mean, where they're done with these guys, they kind of move on, and even you know, despite what they're garnering in free agency. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird because the only real, you know, substantial rumor out there is that the Vikings have been talking to Will Parks, who is a reserve level safety that on most seasons would probably get like a one year, three and a half million dollar contract. So to me, Anthony Harris is like you're getting a starter level player for just a little bit more than. You know, who has played at an elite level, you know, I on mean, he's your graded, team. Yeah, on your, on your team. Two it's, years ago. Right. Yeah. It's not, I, I know that the NFL is what have you done for me lately, but like, I think all of us expected Anthony Harris's contract number to be at the very least like nine, 10, 11 million dollars. Yeah. Even if it well, was, was for the, one year. That was the expectation if he didn't franchise tag, which I know he and the Vikings are both probably bummed a little bit about not getting a, a so that's the deal done. So. I think that that's, I think that that's what it came down to. I don't think that the Vikings could have offered as long as it, you yeah. know, if it was going to be a one year deal, the Vikings needed to expend something significant or he was going to leave because he's, I, he's I probably he's done. He's he, he, pissed. It's yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that was, he was, he was due for a long-term deal. He had probably earned something three, four, or five years. Uh, the Vikings weren't able to get to him due – I mean, due to their own salary cap issues uh, for what it's worth. But uh, and he, you know, want, he probably did want out. It's one of those where the Vikings – it was kind of the Teddy Bridgewater deal too where, you know, no matter – he was it was just time for a, a, a new start type deal. And so and I think Jordan, you can't really fault the guy for that. Jordan Reed, one of our buddies, also mentioned that one of the coaches in the, uh, in the Eagles defense – um, he has prior history with, so that also you know adds to like why would you pick the Eagles when oh, yeah. they ran you out of the you know stadium? It, it, I think it's more about like I really don't think that players ever care about what the the uniform says. They're looking at 
you know, what are the, what's the coaching style like? What's the atmosphere in the locker room? And like, who has been there before? Who can yeah. give me a referral? I think that feedback and just word of mouth is super important. I think, you know, the Patrick Peterson signing to some extent has proven that, right? Uh, the word of mouth with Adam Thielen being his golf buddy, you think they don't talk? You, th- you don't think that Patrick Peter does- Peterson doesn't have a good idea of what the Vikings organization is like? Um, I think that's so much more valuable um, than, than what, the, what the helmet logo looks like or what the, you know, what the fans are like in that organization. I mean, I don't think Shaq Griffin was thinking about that when he went and signed in Jacksonville. I think he was thinking about the dollar signs, the ability to potentially play with his brother again, uh, playing in a scheme that fit him, et cetera, et cetera. That seems to be the reason. And I think Anthony Harris, you know, there's probably some spite mixed into it, but I also think this is a great fit for him. I think he's going to do a great job in Philadelphia. I hope he does well. Um, And I think he's going to get another contract next year that, you know, he's going to, he's going to play on kind of the, the, the weird, but also kind of, you know, interesting kind of uh, opportunity that players have with this free agency to sign a one year show out deal. Yeah. yeah show out deal basically and to go into for, like Alan Robinson is the, did the best job. He could best thing ever signed a franchise tag. If he plays well this year, he's going to get a huge deal on, you know, coming off of these huge markets. I know the new TV money doesn't supposed to come in for 2024, but you can start to key on that next free agency. If you're a guy like him, I mean, this is an opportunity for Anthony Harris too. And I think it's a good one for him. Um, am I disappointed that he's gone? Um, do I think the Vikings are going to have a difficult time filling that spot with the resources they have and the players available to them? Yeah, I do. But, um, I wish him the best. I wish it wasn't Philadelphia like all of you, but uh, here we are. So uh, that's Anthony Harris. A couple other kind of minor, smaller notes here. Um, The Adam Thielen restructure, I don't think we need to talk too much about that. That's just, you know, a matter of, you know, figuring out more cap space, giving the Vikings more resources to pay their draft class, potentially bring in one more player. And that's kind of the last piece that I want to touch in here because Nick Vigil, uh, who was the linebacker that was, you know, in theory announced to be signed last week, um, his contract hasn't officially been signed by the Vikings. Uh, I think he's apparently okay with that. It's a very small deal. It's like a one, one year, $1.5 million contract. I think it's actually less than that. Uh, but they're waiting to have him do this. Uh, and he's potentially going to be your starter in your base package. Uh, but maybe the Vikings are up to something. Maybe there's one more deal in mind here. Uh, so I guess, what do you think? What are they up to? I, what, what is Rick Spielman doing here? Yeah, so there was – this isn't the only person they're doing this with, right? I think the Cal Rudolph release was designated yeah. for post-June right. 1 or something right. like that. So they're up to something. And I think, you know, if you read, like, Darren Wilson's Twitter timeline, uh, he's got hundreds of fans directly tweeting him all day, asking, oh, what's next, what's next? And he's kind of hinting at some things. Um, but I think – the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, a Daniil Hunter rework right. of his contract. Uh, and, you know, it seems like there's been reports that he's kind of upset with his deal or, uh, you know, wants to be paid more of kind of what he's worth. And, you know, there's, I think there's fault both sides on, you know, there's kind of reason to be upset or reason to want more on both sides of this, you know, Daniel Hunter signed this deal kind of earlier than maybe we thought he should have uh, his long-term extension. But at the same time, he's, he is worth more than probably $20 million a season if you compare him with the other pass rushers and the deals are getting. So I think he's trying to get more money, and I think the Vikings are allocating money available for that is what I would guess. And so yep. there's that piece. And the other interesting piece I just want to touch on is how free agency so far, unless I'm missing something completely here, 
it's all about the defense right now. Uh, it's You can tell this is a Mike Zimmer-led team because they're going in, they're getting their nose tackle, they're getting their cornerback, they're getting that third linebacker. Um, they are addressing the defense, uh, and that is 100% what we should have expected from Mike Zimmer. And we also should have expected this team to ignore offensive line because that is what Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman would have done in any given free agency um, with holes on the defensive side. So I'm um, not that surprising. They're going to bank on the draft for an offensive lineman. That's worked out so swimmingly for the Vikings in the past. So uh, it's, you know, feel how you will about it. The Vikings were never really going to splash an offensive lineman in free agency, not with the holes at defensive line and linebacker and cornerback on defense. So one of my favorite things was that this free agency class, it looks pretty good. But then you have to put it up against the roster and be like, wait, why didn't they do this? And there's the, the glaring fact that the Vikings have four offensive linemen. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's just like, yeah, they got to be doing something there. But I think you're right. I think that Neil Hunter, I mean, the reports have been the, the more accurate, I think, reporting has been that it's not that he's pissed off. He just wants to be paid more money. And once you do that, he's going to be happy again. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it's something that he's like wants out of Minnesota. No, no, I think it's it's, someone's dramatizing it along the lines. It could just be his agent, you know, trying to get his guy, you know, paid like he should be. Yeah, Uh, I mean, kind of trying to make up for a mistake that was made a couple years ago. But I mean, the guy deserves more money. It's that's just the way it is. You know, it was the same deal with Adam Thielen um, when I think he signed before 2017. It was like some stupid low, like four for 16 mil or something like that. And the Vikings, after a couple seasons, uh, yeah, yeah, after a couple seasons, the Vikings, uh, you know, gave him the money he was deserving at that point. So it's the same type of deal. I'm sure Hunt will get his money, but I'm sure the Vikings are just kind of working things um, on the cap side of things to make it work. Yeah, I think they're retooling for that final thing, and I think they might sign like one more like safety. I think it will be a guy like Will Parks, where you're signing him for one year, one point five, not someone that's going to yeah. be you know your, a guy that you can pencil in as your opening day starter, but probably draft someone, probably move some pieces around, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the last thing before we finish out here, uh, the Vikings lost something last week, and while it may seem very minor, I know that it wounded Rick Spielman to his core. The NFL took away a seventh round pick from the Vikings last week. Okay. This was a, this was something that the Vikings. I love how you're talking. Uh, you're talking like, this is like a, like we're mourning, we're yeah, mourning is, a seventh round pick right now. Yeah, This is forensic files now. Um, anyways, the Vikings lost the seventh round pick as a result of a salary cap issue with a practice squad player, which is hilarious in itself. And the pick itself, of course, everyone's instant reaction is, well, seventh round picks don't matter. You know, they never pan out. Like, even if you're lucky, you get like a spot starter, a rotational guy for like two or three years. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, again. But this is Rick Spielman. You know, this killed him. You know, this just this crushed him. Yeah. He had to to forfeit. (laughs) He wasn't even going to come out with a statement. And then he backtracked later on and was like, we accept this. That was it. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, the funny thing is the Vikings still have the most picks in this draft. Right. Even after having one taken away. So it's just classic Rick Spielman to have, like, he's he's preparing for this event, right? That he's he's not just building up a bunch of seventh-round picks to have the most draft picks, but he's also preparing for the event that one gets taken away. Right. And he can still have the most picks in the draft. So, uh that's just that's Spielman. Every single year it happens. He'll probably do the same thing this year to get himself loaded up for the 2022 draft. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we've 
whether you like it or not, we've come to expect that from Spielman every single year. It's, it's moving all around the draft board. It's, you know, you, you see your, the Vikings probably second or third coming up on the, the ticker uh, when you're watching the draft. And then it says traded uh, about 90% of the time and they move somewhere else in the draft. So it is what it is. I don't know. I have, no, I have nothing else to add because that pick probably, like you said, at 99% of the time, you're not getting a, a, anything worthy out of it. I just love that, it, you know, that it just emotionally wounded Brick Spielman. Like he's going to be mad about this and do something about it in the draft. Um, which is he's good. Trade because down the, three times to get a that seventh round pick back. <laughs> which is also a perfect segue into what we'll be doing probably for you know the next month or so on this show. Um, and that is that you know I know free agency is never really over, but uh, we've kind of set the tone there. There now the Vikings don't have a whole lot of resources left to do anything. Um, we'll follow along with what any updates that happen, but we'll start shifting our gears more into draft mode now and taking a look at. You know, the holes the Vikings still need to fill, the obvious one we already discussed, offensive line. Uh, but there's some other things, too. Maybe another wide receiver. You know, what do the Vikings do in their position without a second-round pick? You know, will the Vikings potentially move down to get, or get more top 100 picks? Uh, there's a lot of question marks there, and we'll try to do our best to have some fun answering them. Not necessarily correctly, uh, but to the best of our ability. So that's the game plan for the foreseeable future here. Uh, as always, you can find us on Daily Norseman as well as the Climbing the Pocket Network. Make sure to check out the rest of our, our team on there. They're doing live shows, a lot of draft work, and um, a lot of fun discussion with uh, you know, your favorite bloggers and reporters and whatnot. So uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Um, and you can watch us on YouTube, too, if you prefer that method of listening or viewing your podcast. So thanks, as always, for listening to us, folks. And we will catch you guys next week.